Good day, all. Welcome to another episode of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D., here to teach you Bible truth. Not my truth, Bible truth. Bible truth allows you to grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. Here we rightly divide scriptures that contain the true and living God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on. Get your Bibles. Invite family and friends. Take notes. And let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Monday. It is December the 18th of the year 2023. 2024 is closing in on us. Hey, Good day. I am your host, founder, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. I know I have been missing in action, but uh, saints, without going into detail, I have been extremely busy. As you well know, my intentions last weekend was to share the final episode of the importance of having faith. And the name of this final episode is Fight the Good Fight of Faith. But I ran into some activities that I had no idea was going to occur. I ended up being extremely tired. And trust me, I have apologized to the Lord for that. Because even though I'm tired, my obligation is still to share the word of God. I was even too tired to share a message from one of my favorite ministers. Yes, So after today, after this message, you won't hear another message from me until 2024. But next weekend, I will be sharing a message from one of my favorite ministers in the body of Christ. It's either going to be Bishop Freddie Caldwell Sr., the late great bishop, or either Dr. Frederick K. Price Jr. Both of them are awesome teachers, especially... And let me put emphasis on especially Dr. Frederick K. Price Jr. He is an awesome teacher, one of the best teachers in the word of God that I have ever heard. With that said, saints, I want you to make your way over to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And as you guys know, as of late, I have been using multiple translations when I share an episode and I will be using a couple of translations, different translations today. I tell you, this little mini series entitled The Importance of Having Faith has been resonating with a lot of you and, and to God be all the glory. It is him who give me the topics. It is him who give me the ability to research and it is him who give me the notes to share and so to him be all the glory you need to hear it because the just shall live by faith you guys know that was part of this series the just shall live by faith and for those of you who have not listened to episodes one two three and four please make your way over there before you listen to episode five which is the final episode. So if you have not found 1 Timothy chapter 6, pause the tape, you have the ability, 
and I will commence the reading. This is the New King James Version. I'll be reading verses 10 through 14, 1 Timothy. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. And so that we know that we are on the same page, I'm now reading verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verses 13 and 14 says, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. Fight the good fight of faith. Our motivation for living holy is the return of Christ. But while we are living in this unsaved body, we are going to be in a fight, saints. A fight to remain steadfast in the faith until Christ returns. Now, Paul wrote this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. It was not written to the churches. It was written to Timothy. Leaders in the body of Christ can read this letter and apply it to themselves. But remember, when we teach the saints, when we share messages with the saints, it is for your edification. It is to build you up. It is to equip you so that you can go out and live a faithful life unto the Lord. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, the reason we are told to fight the good fight of faith is because faith will always win. If our faith doesn't fail, we won't fail. The temptations of this world, greed, fornication, and adultery of fighting against the fruit of the spirit that resides in us, especially our peace, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Satan is out to steal these things from us, saints, because against these things, there is no condemnation. Satan wants us to be condemned. So how do we fight the good fight of faith? That is what this message is all about. We need to learn how to fight the good fight of faith so that we can win this battle. Make your way over to Ephesians chapter 6. You guys know the routine. You can pause the tape and I will commence the reading. And when you find the scriptures, you can press play and we will be on the same page. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 through 18, I will be reading. And this is still the New King James Version. Put on the whole armor of God. This is verse 11. 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles or either the darts of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verses 13 and 14 says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And verse 15 says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let me say that again. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And finally, verse 18 says, praying always with all supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Perseverance is patience. The armor of God is the believer's protection against evil. Did y'all hear me? The armor of God is the believer's protection against all evil. And I'm talking about against the devil. Our fight, let me make this part clear, is not against people. It is with the rulers of darkness. We are in a spiritual fight, not a fight against people. Our faith is our protection. As long as our faith doesn't bend, we are protected. The word of God is our weapon. We don't fight like the world. They fight with guns and knives and bombs. The word of God is more powerful than any of the world's weapons. And our faith is more powerful than any armor this world has to offer. The battle is in our minds, saints. Yes, it is. So we must have the mind of Christ. Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we have the mind of Christ. So we must walk in humility. We have access to the thoughts of Christ through the Holy Spirit. That's reading his word, reading and learning about the ways of Christ, how he spoke, how he lived, how he treated people, how he corrected the evil ones who were trying to influence us. Christ still died for them. We have to walk holy. We have to learn how to live in humility. Now, this is part of fighting the good fight of faith that we struggle with. And when I say we, I include me being humble in a proud world. Now, I see more proud Christians than worldly people. Now, the Bible clearly says in James chapter four, verse six, but he, talking about God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James was reiterating Proverbs 334. 
that says, surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Now, humility cures worldliness. We have to humble ourselves. Walking in humility is the hardest thing for believers to do. And I'm telling you right now, you better humble yourselves before God allows you to be humbled. It took me years to walk in humility. I learned to please God rather than man. I have learned how to fight the good fight of faith. I shock myself sometimes when I think about how humble I have become. I am nowhere near the same person I was before I was born again. Humility lets me know that God is real. I don't allow the devil to rattle me at all. I rest in Christ and I fight using God's word. So make your way over to Hebrews chapter four, and I'll be reading verses 11 through 13. Hebrews chapter four and beginning at verse 11, it says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And finally, verse 13 says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him that him is God to whom we must give account. Now we must be careful how we use God's word and to whom we use it against. Remember, our fight is with the devil who is the ruler of darkness, not against flesh and blood, not against people. Now you can cut a person's soul with God's word. So we should speak words of healing and deliverance over people who clearly need saving. Not words of condemnation. Nothing is hidden from God. We as believers will also give an account for our actions. We can run Satan with the word of God. That's our weapon. Now I don't care how often people mistreat you. Your fight is with Satan, not people. We will suffer many things for Christ's sake. When we address evil, we must address the devil. We have to rebuke the devil, not people. So I want you to make your way over to Matthew. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said when one of his uh, apostles had, had said some things that was against or contrary to the will of God. Make your way over to Matthew chapter 16, and I'll be reading verses 21 through 23. And I'm going to read the New King James Version first, and then I'm going to read the New Living Translation second, because I want you to get a clear understanding of this. I share more of God's words than mine, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It doesn't come by hearing my words. My job is to give you God's word and to give it in such a way where you can understand it until you learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to give you discernment and to give you understanding of God's word. In other words, until you learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your spirit and give you wisdom. Matthew chapter 16 verses 21 through 23 says this, and this is the New King James. From that time, Jesus, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem 
and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Verses 22 and 23 says, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now listen to the New Living Translation, beginning at verse 21, Matthew 16. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view not from God's. Now, Jesus addressed Satan, not Peter. Peter is a person who allowed Satan to use him to make an attempt to stop God's plan to redeem mankind. Now, obviously, Jesus knew Peter didn't mean any harm. Peter was not understanding the things of God. He was looking at things from a human perspective. So we don't address people. We rebuke the devil. He uses people to work for him, but be sure you address Satan, not the person. Okay. Now from that moment on, Jesus talked more about his resurrection after he would die. Now, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he used the word of God to fight Satan. So make your way over to Matthew. I'm going to be doing a lot of reading. Remember faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not my words. I want to keep making that clear. Matthew chapter four, and I will be reading verses one through 11, and I am continuing in the New Living Translation. Beginning at verse one, Matthew four, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus said to him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Verses 7 and 8 says, Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the, to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Verses nine and 10 says, I will give it all to you. He said, if you kneel down and worship me, 
that's what's wrong with a lot of people today. They have nailed to Satan and their hearts and their desires is, is for riches and, and, and all the, the, the proudness of the world, everything the world has to offer, which is sexual immorality. Um, power is money and, and greed. Why do you think Paul wrote that letter to Tim telling him not to fall prey to that fight the good fight of faith? Okay. Now verse 10 says, get out of here, Satan. This Jesus talking. Jesus told him for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord, your God and serve only him. Verse 11. Then the devil went away. And angels came and took care of Jesus. Now being tempted by the devil would drain you. Trust me. Jesus was hungry and tired, but angels came to comfort him. Now keep in mind, we have to fight the devil with the word of God. That's our weapon. Jesus made Satan flee with the word of God. Not our words, not cussing him out, not cussing people out. So when Satan came to uh, uh, tempt Jesus, he came in the form of a person. He didn't come in the form of a spirit. He came in the form of a person. And I have an obligation to share that with you. That's part of teaching, rightly dividing. Now, Satan might be able to use people to quote scriptures, but it's obvious Satan didn't know what the meaning of those scriptures were, which is what a lot of people struggle with. They are quote a scripture and have no idea what they're saying and be all, all incorrect. But Jesus did. He understood what the scriptures meant. Know why? Because he wrote them. Yes, he did. Now, if you don't have the word of God in you, you can't fight the good fight of faith. This is why I share a lot of scriptures. I will keep saying that throughout this final episode. It is the word of God that gives you the weapon to fight against this evil world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come by hearing by the word of Dr. Kamala D. It doesn't come like that. This is why I share a lot of scriptures. Now, I want you to go to James chapter four. James chapter four. I'm only going to read one verse and that's going to be uh, verse seven. And um, this is the New Living Translation. It says, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So how do you resist the devil? Every time he brings up something from your past to condemn you, you tell him there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ. My past is my past. God has forgiven me. You quote Romans 81 to him. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So you shouldn't be walking around feeling condemned. Not at all. Every time the devil tries to entice you with greed, you tell him, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4:19. Yes, you fight the devil with the word of God. Use the word of God to fight the devil so he can flee from you. He's not going to flee from your words. You start cussing somebody out who is who Satan is using to condemn you. And then you taking it personally against that person. And all of a sudden you getting into an exchange of a heated exchange with curse words. No, you won't find one scripture in here where God tells you to curse somebody out because they lied on you or because they are mistreating you or because they said something to you in such a way you don't like. 
No, you won't find that scripture in here. Use the word of God to fight the devil so he can flee from you. That's how we fight the good fight of faith. Now make your way over to first Peter. First Peter chapter one, verses 14 through 16. And this is the new living translation. It says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your desires. If you have a desire to curse somebody out, that's your old way. Because I know it was mine. I was somebody you wouldn't mess with back in the day. I'm like Paul. I was converted on over. And after I was converted, I learned the word of God and I learned his will. And it took me 25 years to get to where I am today. And now I am equipping you with the weapons to use to fight the good fight of faith. Okay, let me repeat first Peter chapter one, verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Uh-huh. That is verse 14. Now verse 15 says, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. Verse 16 says, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Hallelujah. Don't let the world deceive you, saints. We are called to be holy as God is holy. We are in a fight, but we must fight the good fight of faith. Now, if we walk in faith, we will never fail. Why? Because faith always wins. We have the victory in Christ Jesus. We have already won the battle. That's a weapon we can use while fighting the good fight of faith. Don't worry about being uh, afflicted because King David said in Psalms 34 verses 18 and 19, this is the new living translation. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles. But the Lord comes to rescue him each time. This is why we shouldn't worry when we fall into affliction, because we are going to be rescued. We already have the victory in Christ. Psalms 34, 18, 22, the New King James Version says, and if you notice, I'm not going to stop at 19. I'm, I've added verse 22 on Psalms 34. Um, this is going to be the New King James Version. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. This is verse 20. Not one of them is broken. Verse 21, evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The righteous will not be condemned, but those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. And finally, verse, excuse me, Verse 22 says, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. None of us. Those who live holy in Christ will always be condemned. That's the world's ways. That's how the world thinks. We have to stand on these words of God with our faith. When we are being tried saints, we have to stand on the word of God. That's how we fight the good fight of faith. Now, when you understand that it's dead people who are talking about you, lying on you and condemning you, there is no way whatever they say or do should bother you. Mm -mm. 
Pray for their salvation. Do you struggle with that? We have to pray for their salvation. Pray that God delivers them. Plant a seed. Get plant a seed with them. If you are dealing with this on a regular basis, you know what you say? I don't care if it's in a shopping center, in a mall. You could be at Walmart. You, you, you can be at, um, what's that other store everybody goes to? Target. I, do you know I've only been to Target once in my life? Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are. And somebody looking at you strange, somebody bump into you, you say, excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Even if they have something smart to say after you bump into them looking like they're ready to fight, you say, oh, no, ma'am, I am so sorry. I truly am. I don't have a problem saying that. Even if somebody cut you off in traffic. Now, back in the day, over 25 years ago, I probably either would be locked up or uh, definitely six feet under because I was somebody you couldn't mess with. And being a female, yes, I was just that tough. Third degree black belt since the age of 16. And now I am 60. I have no trouble telling you my age because I've been walking with the Lord a long time. And I tell you, when I tell people how old I am, they don't believe me. They don't believe me. Now, most of you may see a picture in 2024 because when I update the cover picture for my podcast, I'm thinking about putting my, my picture on there. You guys know who is teaching, but you haven't seen me. So um, I'm thinking about setting up a U YouTube channel and so that you can see me teach and hear me as well, or just putting a picture up so that you can see the, a picture of the person who is teaching you, sharing the word of God with you. So like I said, pray for that individual's salvation. Pray that God delivers them from the evil one. People who mistreat you, people who lie on you, people who, who just walking around hating on people. Now remember, our fight is against evil and the rulers of darkness. It is not against people. So continue to live holy. And when asked about your faith, share Christ and, and, and the forgiveness of sins with people. Plant those seeds. Now, I don't care what, what people say about you. I only care about what God knows about me. And I hope you, you feel the same way. I have been declared righteous by God because I am in his son, Jesus. And so are you if you are in Christ. Now, we must stand on that while we continue to fight the good fight of faith. I don't care what's going on around you. We are in a race. And we can't give up. Now, as a matter of fact, we better not give up. So I want you to go to Matthew uh, 24 and I'll be um, reading just, just a little comment that Jesus made. Verse 13, you don't even have to go there, but you can write it down. Matthew 24, 13, Jesus said, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, when trials and tribulations come, that's when our faith is tested. Many people will and have already turned away from God because of of what they are going through. And that's not the time. Jesus said, hold on. If you endure, if you just endure, just hold on. If you stick with him until the end, you will be saved. Now, when trials come, that is not the time to turn away from God. That's the time to draw near to God through your faith and focus on his promises toward you. Focus on his words. Many are the affliction of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. Stay in the race for eternal life, saints. Our reward is guaranteed. We have to prepare for this race. 
This is what Paul told the uh, Corinthian church in, in 1 Corinthians 9. I'll be reading verses 24 through 27, and it's the New King James Version. Paul told the Corinthian church, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain that prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate, meaning self-restraint. They have self-control. In all things, Paul says, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. Those who run in a race, the worldly people, they are running in a race against holiness. I don't know if anybody ever shared that with you, but the world is running in a race against holiness, meaning they are running in a race against God to obtain a perishable crown. That perishable crown is money. You're being honored for and you may get a statue. Yes, but all of that is going to perish. But we, Paul says, the latter part of, of verse 25 in 1 Corinthians 9, but we for an imperishable crown. Verse 26 and 27 says, therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Paul say, I'm for sure. I am not uncertain. I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now let me read the New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Paul says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And verse 26 and 27 says, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul says, I'm not shucking and jiving. I practice what I am preaching. I'm living holy. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. Why would I tell y'all to do something I'm not doing? And I will say that to you too. I will not stand up here and share scriptures with you that I'm not living out. Now, we all know there's always family feuds. Do you know I'm never in the family feuds? Because I protect my peace. I enter into God's rest. I stay away from the arguing. Uh-uh. I pray from a distance. I pray for peace and unity. My family will tell you, especially my youngest sister, Carol, Miss Carol Dorsey, CEO, she'll tell you I'm the real deal. She know how I used to be back in the day, and she could tell you how I am today. I've been born again. And which is why I want to share the gospel. Yes, I would love to share the gospel. So let's continue. I don't want to drag this on. Remember, I said Paul ain't shucking and jabbing. Paul is not telling anyone to do something that he's not doing. We are in a race and we are in a fight. Paul says, I'm not enduring persecution for nothing. I'm in this race for the prize. The prize Paul is referring to is eternal life. That's the prize I'm referring to. I'm in this race for eternal life. Jesus said, those that endure to the end shall be saved. 
And I'm going to endure to the end, whatever I have to face, whatever evil I have to face, because I am filled with the word of God so that I can use those words as ammunition to fight. That's my weapon. And my faith is my protection. So let me tell you, you are not the only one suffering. No, you are not. Make your way over to first Peter chapter four. I'll be reading verses 12 through 19. And this is the new King James version. First Peter chapter four, beginning at verse 12, Peter says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his, his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached, for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. This brings us back to don't use the same tools they use to fight now. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. You are outside of the will of God or as a thief an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Verse 16 says, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, remember, suffering as a murderer or a thief, you have to suffer the consequences for that. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him, be, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Verse 17 and 18 says, for the time has come for the judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God, the good news of God? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Your sins can be forgiven. That's the good news. Verse 18. Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Finally, verse 19 says, therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Now, I want you to go to James, James chapter one. I'll be reading verses 13, 14 and 15. This is still the new King James version. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. The job to tempt God's people is Satan. Now, God may allow some things to happen because I will tell you this. If you are never sick, how will you know God is a healer? If you never fall, how will you know God is able to deliver? If you are never hungry, how will you know God is a provider? That's when your faith kicks in. That's not when you turn against God. When you go through a trial, baby, your faith need to kick in high gear because you already know my God shall supply all my needs according to my riches and glory, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh-huh. So verse 14 says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So don't blame God. Are you, I know you've heard it if I've heard it. People say, well, if, you know, if God didn't want me to do it, he, he wouldn't allow me to do it. If God didn't want me to have this, he wouldn't have gave it to me. No, you took it. 
God doesn't want you smoking crack. God doesn't want you want you to drink a whole bottle of rum or vodka. Uh-uh. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. Well, there's a such thing as having a, a drinking, you know, casually for a toast, but not to the point where you are drunk, where you go out there and hit someone and kill someone. That has nothing to do with God. Your body, you got to remember, we are in this physical body that is not saved. Your flesh is not saved and your flesh has desires. So when the scriptures talks about um, you are drawn away by your own desires and enticed, we're talking about or the scripture is talking about the desires of your flesh. You have authority over your flesh. If you give into your flesh, it's because you want to. It's not because you have to, because we have authority over the devil. The devil entices you. He entices your flesh. Your flesh is craving some things that it was born and delivered from. It still has those cravings. All you have to do is tell your flesh, I don't do that anymore. Mm -mm. So verse 15 of, of James chapter one says, then when desires has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is Full grown brings forth death. Now, whatever we are going through, we should not be shocked. It is to try us. We have to stand on God's word, which is by faith we stand. Trials are sent by Satan to get us to turn away from Jesus. You need to understand that to get us to go outside of the will of God, because the will of God is for us to fight the good fight of faith. Remember, we are in a fight and our fight is against the devil, not people. Some saints in the biblical days thought it was strange that, that they were suffering after they accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Those in Christ will, not might, they will suffer persecution. They will suffer hate, rejection, sickness, addictions, and every other evil thing in this world. But if we fight back with the word of God. Lord, by your stripes, you said I'm healed. You will be healed. Lord, you can deliver me. I know you can. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but you will deliver us out of all of those afflictions. God will show up and show out. Y'all heard that before. You need to always stand on God's word. We will be victorious. Trust me. We must stand on God's word when we are fighting the good fight of faith. And James also said in, um, Chapter one, verse 13 and 15, just in case you think God is the one testing you or tempting or trying you, because that's what testing is, is tempting or trying you. I'm here to tell you, no, he is not. God isn't evil, nor does he tempt anyone with evil. We have to make sure when we are tempted, we put our flesh in check. We have to put it in check. We can put our flesh in check with the word of God. Tell your flesh, I don't do that anymore. Uh -uh, I've been cleansed. I chose to walk in the fruits of the spirit. Examine yourselves like Paul told the, the, the church at Corinth. See if you are born again. Paul said, y'all need to see if y'all in the faith. I'm tired of coming here correcting y'all. See, some of y'all are fake. Some of y'all are not born again. If you are struggling every day, you have to lean on fellow believers and pray. Yes, you do. That's why we are here. We have to lean on one another, not fight against one another. We need to pray against the evils of this world and for one another. Go to Jude chapter one 
It only has one chapter. I'll be reading verses 20 through 23, and this is the New Living Translation. And I'm also going to read the Amplified Translation after that. Jude chapter one, verses 20 through 23. And I am reading verse 20 says, but you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Verse 22 and 23 says, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Excuse me. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Now the Amplified says, and I'm reading the Amplified, June um, chapter 1, Jude chapter 1, I'm sorry. Verses 20 through 23 says, but you beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher. Pray in the spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire and on some have mercy, but with fear, loathing, even the clothing spotted and polluted by their shameless, immoral freedom. Now, if you want to read more about that, because remember, none of the apostles made up stuff. I mean, uh, well, Paul, when he gave his opinion, he shared that he was speaking his opinion. But when he was speaking on behalf of, of Jesus, he spoke on behalf of Jesus. He let you know this was, this came from the Lord. And then when he spoke his opinion, he'll say, now this, I didn't get from the Lord. I will share this with you from my own opinion. Okay. You can read Amos chapter four, verse 11 and Zechariah chapter three, verses two, three, two um, through four. So what we are saying here is don't panic. Praying in the spirit is nothing to run from. People think, oh, it's a ghost. Well, you watch a lot of horror films that the world creates. Why are you running from the Holy Spirit? Not an evil spirit, the Holy Spirit. Not all of God's children are filled with the Spirit, so they can't pray in tongues. Because that's what, you know, praying in the Spirit is, speaking in tongues. So he left the back door for his, his children to pray. Now, number one, intercessory prayer. We can pray for one another. Yes, they have some who have, whose faith is stronger than others because they've been walking with the Lord longer and they know what God will do for you if you pray. So they can pray on your behalf. They can intercede for you. So your fellow sisters and brothers in Christ will intercede on your behalf and or you can pray God's word back to him or they can remind God of his promises to you. The person who is interceding on your behalf can remind God of his promises that he made to his children. Go to Exodus. Mm-hmm. I was contemplating on whether or not I was going to read these scriptures, but it, it I can pull something out from here. The Holy Spirit told me. Go to Exodus chapter 32. I'll be reading verses 7 through 14. And this is the New King James Version. And it says, and the Lord said to Moses, 
go get down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshiped it and sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Verse nine, this is making sure we are still in uh, uh, following one another. We are on the same page. Verse nine says, and the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people and indeed it is a stiff necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them and I will make of you a great nation. He will make of Moses a great nation. Then listen to Moses interceding on behalf of the children of Israel. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. And verse 12 says, why should the Egyptians speak and say he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from, from this harm to your people. Verse 13 says, this is when Moses is reminding God of the promises he made for the children of Israel. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of, I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. And finally, verse 14 says, so the Lord relented from the harm, which he said he would do to his people. Now, if you read verses one uh, to seven, you will understand why God was angry at his people, the Israelites. They were impatient, waiting for Moses to return from the mountain, receiving a word from God. And they got involved with apostasy. They told Aaron, who was the high priest, Moses's brother, to make them a God that they can worship. They, they, and they turned in all of their gold and their jewelry. And Aaron did what the people said because he was scared of the people. He did what the people said, not following the word of God. Aaron knew good and well, he should not have done that. But anyway, that's a whole nother teaching that I'll be teaching about, uh, in 2024. So a lot of this was dealing with apostasy, turning away from the true and living God and worshiping idol gods, which is what this world has done. The majority of this world has turned away from the true and living God and are worshiping idol gods, gods created by man. Oh, yes. Now, turning your backs on God because things don't happen in your timing, it will lead you out of the will of the Lord. Eventually, the Israelites were punished. And remember, Jesus said those that endure till the end shall be saved. So what if you don't endure until the end? I don't care how long it's taken. I'm going to hang in there until my life cease or either Jesus returns. That's right. So don't get involved in apostasy. Absolutely not. So what I want you to grasp here is how Moses reminded God of his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name was later changed to Israel. Verse 14 says that God relented from the harm, which he said he would do to his people. Now, when you feel yourself becoming impatient, waiting on the Lord to answer your prayers, 
pray his word back to him. And all you got to say is, Lord, you said many are the affliction of the righteous when you are going through, but you will deliver us out of them all. That should be your comfort. This is only temporary. I know I have the victory. I know God is going to deliver me from this. So I'm going to wait patiently. I'm trusting you, Lord. So, and that's all you have to say. I've been in this, this trial too long, Lord. Some people been in a trial long, like, like Job was, but God had to just intercede for Job because he wasn't playing, praying for deliverance and healing. Job started accusing God and, and telling him how righteous he was. Y'all, y'all know the story. I taught the story about why God allowed Job to suffer. You don't want to suffer like Job. Mm -mm. You need to pray God's word back to him. You say, Lord, I'm trusting you, but I'm getting weak. Help me, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. You say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay my light bill this week, but your word says you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You pray that word back to God, but you can't pray it back to him if you don't know it. This is why I share a lot of scripture with you. You also say that if I seek you first, this is what your word says, Lord. And seek your righteousness. All the basic needs of life will be added unto me. You know I'm seeking you and your righteousness. I need you, Lord. Now watch how God comes to your rescue. I want you to sit back and watch. You heard the saying, uh, God will make a way out of no way. And it's true. God's word never returns to him void. It will accomplish what he has sent it out to do. Now these are prayers for, for your needs. Now if you are struggling in the flesh... Call on Jesus himself. Call on Jesus himself. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. I'll be reading verses 14 and 16. And this is the New King James Version. Remember, we are fighting the good fight of faith. And we need God's word in us to do it. Beginning at verse 14 is saying, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15 and 16 says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, Jesus can sympathize with us in our weakness because he had flesh just like us. That's how he identified with us. But he didn't sin. That's why he can help us. Keep pressuring God. Go to God until we are set free. You will know when you set free, you will feel it in your spirit. You will know. You will get that knock on the door. You will get something of that strong urge for you to go somewhere that you hadn't been in a long time. And God will see to it that your prayers are answered. Somebody have something for you or a friend will just call you up and say, you know what? God placed on my heart to send you $500. It, it's happened to me. It's happened to me. So I'm telling you, keep pressuring God. God doesn't have a problem with you pressuring God. You know, they have the devil have his people out there masquerading as angels of light telling you, stop going to God, asking him for something. Just say, thank you. Lord, thank you. You could say, thank you. There are many things you can tell God. You can say thank you, but when you're in trouble, honey, you need to, you better pray these scriptures. Remind God of his promises to you. And let me put those people in check right now. Go to Luke chapter 18, ones that are telling you, well, stop asking God for stuff. I mean, y'all to be tired of asking. No, we have a father who wants us to come to him, who wants us to keep begging, who want, not really begging. Let me stop. 
right there, not begging, but he wants you to come to him. Remember Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must, must first believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder, not a punisher to those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Now go to Luke chapter 18. I'll be reading verses one through eight. And this is the new King James version. And then I will follow up with the new living translation. It says beginning at verse one, Luke chapter 18. Then he spoke a parable. Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart saying there was in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him. She came to that judge saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Now listen to the new living translation. It says this. I like this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city. He said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. And verses seven and eight says this, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night, day and night, give justice, seek justice and God will give it to you. Will he keep putting them off? And finally, saints, verse eight, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? See, the just shall live by faith. Now, one of the main promises from God to those in Christ is when we are struggling in our flesh or in a difficult situation, we can call on Jesus. He was tempted in the flesh, just like you and me yet he did not sin. We can go boldly, saints, to the throne of grace and ask for help. Christ was 100% human in the flesh. That's what made him human. His flesh made him human, and he was 100% God in spirit. Now, he had to come in the flesh so that he could identify with us, and I shared this a, a 
earlier throughout this episode because he was tempted like us. He sympathizes with us. He will show us a way out so that we won't fall prey to sin. He will also avenge our adversaries and avenge them quickly. That's why I read this so that you can know you can keep going to God. God doesn't mind you if, if, if you keep coming to him for help. He wants you to do that because when you go to him, that means you are acknowledging that he does exist. That is how we fight the good fight of faith, saints. Call on Jesus to help you and keep calling and praying until he answers you. Saints, I hope this series has blessed you. If you haven't already, go back and listen to episodes one through four. We are living in some tough times, saints. We are living through some perilous times. Satan is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Protect yourselves by walking in faith. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Don't let the devil steal your faith by getting you to question God's word. Don't let him do it. I don't care how long it takes. You keep coming to God and he is going to answer you. God is not too busy. He can do everything simultaneously. It doesn't matter that he have hundreds of millions of, of his people whose prayers he are answering. He can do it all at once. The just shall live by faith, saints. That's God's word. Fight the devil with the word of God. Remember that God's word is our weapon. Keep praying for one another. Intercede on behalf of, of your brothers and sisters who have weaker faith than you. Now, if there is anyone listening that has yet to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, I'll walk you through the process of salvation right now. I want you to go to Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 13. This is the only way one can be saved. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to perform no rituals. This is the only way one can be saved. And it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. Anyone can be saved. The ground was leveled. So that the playing field is even. Any man, no matter what you have done on this earth, I don't care. You can't kill enough people and not be saved. You can come to Christ and be saved. Anyone listening under the sound of my voice and verse 12 and 13 says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. All leaves out nobody. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So saint, you can pray that prayer. You can say, Lord, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I confess this day that he is alive right now and seated at your right hand. And because your word says that if I confess this, I shall be saved. I'm saved. You are saved, saints. So the next thing I need you to do is find a faith-based uh, teaching church so that you can join that church. Tell the pastor that you would like to be baptized so that you can identify with Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's not for salvation. It's so that you can identify publicly with Christ. And I need you to continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth Ministry so that we can help you grow in faith. 
And what I also want you to do is hit the follow button so that you can be alerted to whenever we upload a new episode. And next week, remember, I said this at the beginning of this episode, I will be sharing a message from one of my brothers in Christ. It's either going to be Dr. Dr. Frederick K. Price Jr. or either uh, Bishop Fred A. Caldwell Sr., the late great Bishop Fred A. Caldwell Sr. And until next time, saints, peace out. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially because you were blessed, you can donate from the platform you are listening on. Anchor, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and more, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to my cash app, dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That's dollar sign capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We as believers walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.